Blog Talk Radio. Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Happy Thursday, everyone. This is your host, Jim Ventura. If it is your first time tuning into Snake Oil Radio, let me tell you a little bit about the show, a little bit about me, and then we'll kind of get started here. Uh, I am, uh, my name is Jim Ventura. I am a professional astrologer and numerologist. I also work with a number of other oracles like Tarot, Runestones, Animal Cards, uh, quite a few different things. I do private consultations with people here in my home office in Phoenix and have been doing this for many years now and also am available for phone consultations. If you want any info on any of my uh, services, go to my website at web.mac.com slash VenturaWords and get some info on, on contacting me about setting up a session or checking out books and CDs and various other things that I offer. I'm also a published author. I just a few months ago published my uh, second book, uh, Snake Oil Volume 1, which is a collection of the first four years of my column. We've actually got about eight years now under our belt here, and I will be publishing Snake Oil Volume 2 within the next year. And I also have another book called Dirty Little Secrets that I published uh, a few years back, which is uh, quite a good book as well. And that's available, all available on Amazon, or you can actually access me directly if you're looking to uh, get hold of any of my books. Okay. Anyway, that said... Uh, I've been doing the snake oil column for uh, since about 2003-2004, and that really is the the brunt of what we do on the show here. Um, this is uh, a, a special show. I do I try to do one of these each month, and this is my listener's choice of subject show. So uh, I will actually open the phone lines up a little bit earlier than I normally do. Uh, a lot of the shows I, I, I only get to the phone lines about the last 10 or 15 minutes of each show. But since we do have about a 40-minute show today, uh, we'll be able to get to the phone lines a little sooner. So if you want to call in and ask a question, um, you can ask a personal question. I'll, I'll pull a quick rune or an oracle for you, and uh, we'll, we'll get to that uh, if we get some callers today. Or you certainly can ask any questions uh, you may have in the chat room, and I'll see if I can address those as well. Anyway, uh, so what I usually like to do during the Listener's Choice show is I like to start off talking about our current astrology, uh, give you guys an overview of what's going on and what's up and coming accordingly. Uh, so uh, we'll start there, and then we'll see again uh, in a little bit. I'll open up the phone lines, and we'll see if we have any callers that are listening in uh, live to the show. I always laugh because I, I do usually three or four shows each month, and I always seem to get the most callers on the shows where I can't really take too many calls, where I'm interviewing a guest or I'm reading the month's column and talking about that subject. That's when I get the most calls. And then when I, when I do these shows, you know, I don't get as many calls. So I, I always find that rather entertaining. So I always say, guys, if you're, if you're really, really looking to get the, you know, the five-minute mini uh, info consultation, uh, you definitely want to kind of hit me up when I do uh, the monthly uh, Listener's Choice show. But uh, anyway, it's good. I always have lots to talk about, and I think uh, you know a lot, I know a lot of people that are at work and they can't, uh, they just can't catch the show live. So I always try to make it entertaining for people listening to our shows in the archive as well too. So again, I want to talk a little bit about current astrology, and then we'll see if we have any uh, any other things that come up along the way that we can talk about for today's show. 
So, um, you know, one of the things I always tell people, even in terms of getting your own astrology chart done, is it definitely is absolutely of value. Uh, you can uh, you can often get free charts on, on services like astro.com and places like that that will give you a free um, astrology chart. You know, obviously you're going to have to do some research on your own and some study if you want to interpret your charts. A lot of those places, like astro.com has some basic interpretations that will actually at least kind of give you some insight into what you're, what you're looking at. So there's certainly a value that way. But you may have to do some research, read a few books, or again, you can contact a competent astrologer, one of the things I am, and, and you know, and, and pay the uh, pay the fee for having someone do interpretation for you. But in either case, you know, the benefit to understanding your astrology is, you know, I always say to people, your astrology is going to affect you whether you believe it or not. Um, it doesn't affect you in the way a lot of people think it does, meaning that it eliminates any choices that you have. But what astrology does is it sets up certain dispositions that we have, inclinations, areas of interest and activity, areas of, of, of talents and abilities and ease, and also areas where we may have struggle or we may have a certain amount of difficulty um, that we may be working through during a lifetime. So uh, really, you know, a tremendous amount of insight in it. And if you study astrology and you work with it, you realize that it's just sort of an endless almost bottomless pit, I hate to use that analogy, but of, of information and material, and it just constantly opens doors, especially if you're even a little mathematical. Astrology definitely has its appeal. So let's talk a little bit about the current astrology, and then, like I said, again, we'll, we'll load up with the phone lines and, and see if we can take some callers who might want to. Uh, you can either ask a personal question, or you can actually ask about any metaphysical subject, including astrology or anything else that's going on, um, and, and see if I can uh, give you some insight into that, too. Uh, two things I want to mention about our current astrology. Uh, we've had a couple of weeks where Venus has been retrograde in Gemini. Now, a retrograde motion of a planet usually means that, it, from Earth's perspective, it looks like it's going backwards. Uh, you know, technically it's not, but it looks that way, and we feel the effects of it. So, you know, Venus only goes retrograde like every two years, I believe, approximately. And when it does, it goes retrograde for a few months. Venus retrogrades are, are certainly easier than some other retrogrades, simply because Venus is kind of an easy planet to begin with. It represents uh, how we love, creativity, feminine energy, abundance, uh, indulgence at some levels too. But um, Venus is, is kind of an ease planet in many respects, so even its retrograde motion isn't particularly difficult. But what it's going to bring up for everybody at one level or another is Venus is going to be asking us to look at communication issues, how we communicate, how we learn, how we uh, share ideas and, and, and express ourselves with other people, uh, how we, how we, uh, how we uh, acquire knowledge and bring in information. It's going to stimulate our curiosity to want to communicate better, to want to communicate in our relationships and share ideas. It may bring up some old issues, things that we, have, um, we may have not been as, as forthright in, in communicating in a comfortable way, with others before we might want to readdress those things during a uh, Venus retrograde and we also might find ourselves um you know really looking at at again areas that were shut down around communication or where we can tap into some really amazing potential that we've had in the past that we may not have used as much as we may have liked or as well as we may have liked and uh, given an opportunity to do that, to relook at the way we communicate and, and think and share information and all those ideas. So this is what we basically get with a, uh, you know, a Venus and Gemini retrograde. 
um, you know, the house that it's in in your chart is actually going to be certainly a lot more personal in where this is hitting uh, us, but we're still going to have that basic effect across the board. I'm getting it in my second house, which is my money and finance house, and I've kind of gone through a period where things have actually been pretty easy and going well. You know, this coming after a period of a lot of difficulty um, last year around this subject. So it's been going actually really smoothly. And what I'm finding is it, it just sort of keeps, I keep getting what I need. I'm getting the security, the funds, the materials to live life comfortably without having to try that hard. And it's interesting during this Venus retrograde, of course, for me, because I'm looking back at times in my life when I've had this kind of ease. And uh, it seems to be back again, so we're hoping it's going to hold for a while, even though the retrograde won't obviously uh, stay that way. I'm not sure when it goes direct. I'll have to look that up. Uh, also, we've got Jupiter pushing its way into Gemini. So we got a lot of it. Sun is in Gemini right now as well. Mercury's in Gemini. we got a lot of stuff going on with Gemini right now, which is you know uh, really bringing up how we think, how we communicate, how we express, how we share ideas, how we learn, how we take information in. Um, you know, in the duality of things that we tend to see in life. So um, that's kind of a, you know, I'll talk more about this in a minute. I want to also talk about the Saturn uh, retrograde that's been going on, but I do have a caller. So I think I'm going to take the caller, then I'll go back to the subject after we, we hit up our caller, since I have, uh, we can actually get to some callers today. Uh, let me also throw the call-in number out to everybody. The call-in number for the show here is 646 Two hundred three nine six six. You might need to dial a one before that. And if I get a couple people calling in, I ask everyone to be kind of patient. Um, and I, I've got to keep the calls down to about five minutes each. But um, you're absolutely welcome to call in and ask if there's a specific subject you want to talk about, or or to ask a you know a quick question and see if we can pull an oracle on it for you. Uh, again, that number is six four six two hundred three nine six six. I'm going to take my first caller. Uh, we'll talk for a few minutes, and then we'll go back to talking about um, the uh, astrology that's going on. Okay, let's see. 720, welcome to Snake Oil Radio. Hello? Hello. Hello, who are we talking to? Um, this is Cheyenne. I've called in before. Yeah. I really All like right. your, you have really sound guidance. Thank you. All right, your... great. Good talk. Talk to you again, Cheyenne. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. It's beautiful here in Colorado, and I just got home, and... Um, I have a, I call it a dilemma. For other people, it may not be, but for me, it's right. a dilemma. Um, my issue is, um, I am being guided to move to the mountains, like soon, like next month. Right. Um, and I'm being guided to get a roommate up there, and so I'm kind of not knowing if it's uh, a situation that I might get into that where I might have some responsibilities there other than just general responsibilities, or is it just a roommate situation? Right. You know what? It feels like what I'm, what I'm kind of picking up around this is um, I feel like uh, you're going to get a little of that only because that's what you always do. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I'm kind of hearing that, but I, I am also getting that it's not um, – it's not going to be toxic like it may have been in the past. But I do feel like there's an L. I think you're picking up on a, what I'm hearing is you're picking up on a karmic relationship where there's going to be a connection at some level, and you're going to, it's not just going to be someone that you just live with. It's going to be someone that you, you get to know. 
Uh-huh. And I also say, I also what I'm I'm hearing is I think you're going to actually like that. I don't think it's going to be a negative. I think you may have had some some issues from that in the past. And and if you're like me and you very well might might be, I'm just going out on a limb here. But I actually made a decision when I was 30 to not have roommates anymore because all I ever did is become like the dad tear, caretaker. Yeah, um, that's been my experience. I was yeah, I was the one who bought toilet paper and made sure everything was taken care of, and then never really got anything back from these roommates. And I always remember that uh, it can get very frustrating to me. It was always like a mini marriage in some ways, yeah. without getting a lot of the other benefits that you should theoretically get in a marriage. So I actually decided when I was about thirty, thirty-one, to live alone um, until uh, I, I, you know, I kind of got with a mate in that sense, at least. That way, if you're giving, you're you're getting something back in return. But my perspective has changed somewhat on it now. I'm, I'm comfortable alone, but um, I think that you know when you become more mature and more wise, you can often develop, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, sharper boundaries around those situations and establish what your needs are and what you'll do and what you won't do. Mm-hmm. So we become stronger that way. But okay. I have to tell you that I, I am getting that there is some type of a karma with someone that you're with, but. What you guys are saying to me is it really is going to be pretty mellow, so you don't really have to worry. I feel like it's almost an it's a sort of a necessity for your your move at first, but then in, yeah. in time you'll be able to kind of be on your own or you know anyway. In that sense, I feel yeah. like this is just more of a practical decision that's coming mm-hmm. up. So, yeah, it's um, kind of financial right now. So Yeah, I, I completely got that. I pulled a, let me tell you what I pulled for you, and I think this will give you some really good insight at this point. I pulled a, because we have a little bit more leeway in time today, um, I pulled both a runestone and an angel card. Okay, oh, cool. so let me okay. tell you what they both are saying here to you. I asked what your action was, and that's one of the things I like about Viking runestones is I've always loved the runestones because they kind of tell you what to do. Okay. And, uh, I, I, that's, I think I personally like that. Sometimes I don't want it to be wishy-washy. Sometimes someone needs to say, this is what you need to do, man. You know, and I, I always think that yes. that's what the runes do. So are you familiar with the runes, Cheyenne? A little bit. I don't okay. have any experience with them personally, but I, I'm kind of liking them because I think this is like the second time you've done this with me with yeah. the runes. Where I'm it's intrigued yeah. them. So let me tell you what the runes first, then I'll tell you what the angel card says. The rune is called Othila. Okay. It means a separation, a retreat, and an inheritance. He says, uh, this is a time, comes up upright, he says, this is a time of separating paths. Old skins must be shed, outmoded relationships discarded. When you receive this rune, appealing away is called for. It's part of your cycle of initiation, although Othila is a rune of radical severance. The appropriate action here is submission and quite properly retreat knowing how and when to retreat and possessing the firmness of will to carry it out. Real property is associated with Othila, for it is a rune of acquisition and benefits. However, the benefits you receive, the inheritance, may be derived from something you must give up. This can be particularly demanding when what you were called upon to abandon is some aspect of your behavior and a part of your cultural inheritance. For then you must look closely at what until now you have proudly claimed as your birthright, whether it is your attachment to your position in society, to the work you do, or even to your beliefs about your own nature, the separation called for will free you to become more truly who you now are. Okay. So 
Yeah, you know, it's actually kind of a positive rune, even though it can sound a little negative, but it really isn't. You know, in in in, in Viking times, this was the rune that represented inheritance. So it means that it means that you were gaining something, you were getting something of benefit. But of course, the inheritance comes from giving up something first. And I right. think there's a couple of things you're definitely going to be giving up here. You know, you're giving up your your being single or alone. Well, I'm not saying you're getting married. You know what I mean. But you're giving up that at some level. You're giving up your current right. structure and where you are. But I always think that one of the things Othella kind of demands of us, and this is why he says this really well. He says, having the firmness of will to carry out what you're supposed to do. To just this is what I need to do, and I'm going to do it. Okay. And. I think that your the signal that you're getting and the push is a valid one. I think okay. you're kind of supposed to do this. And I think the thing you might be giving up again, of course, is that you have to become somewhat dependent in some way and interconnected with another person. Okay. And that could be you know pain in the ass <laughs> at some level. Yeah, right. that's my experience is that they become dependent on me in some way. Yeah, and I I think that, but what I'm hearing is. What what I'm getting is I think you're not going to have the same type of experiences that you've had in the past in such a negative sense. So I'm hearing that there's a better type of energy with this. I feel like it, it's someone that is, is more in alignment with where you are and, and will pull on your resources the same way. So I, I don't I feel like you don't need that experience anymore. So that's why okay. you won't have it in the same way, and that's why I'm getting there maybe a little phobia around that in some respects. From, from past experience. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing is, let me mention what the angel card says here. Where's my glasses? Um, so I pulled an angel card for a little kind of backup boost on the situation, and it actually comes up the angel of prosperity. So, oh, yes, I think you, this is something you need to hear maybe even more than that. She says, as you, follow, as you honor and follow the guidance of what your heart is telling you, prosperity is coming to you now. You are fully supported by heaven, and we have heard your prayers for financial support. Be assured that we see money as a symbol of the abundant supply that God provides to all of his children. The earthly negativity surrounding money comes from the human mind alone. In heaven, we see money as an exchange. We know that you need material essentials. Like any loving parent, God wants his children to be comfortable, safe, and happy. This is one of the reasons why he sends you guardian angels. Your finances have been blocked in the past because of guilt and other negative beliefs and emotions. I have helped you heal and release much of your negative associations with money. Please know that I'm here to help you so that you can help more people. The more that you allow me to give to you, the more you'll be able to give to others. In the near future, you'll be able to manifest all of your needs. But in the meantime, allow me to help you through my heavenly contributions. I think this card is the icing on the cake for the reminder that you'll be able to pull this off. Okay. Yeah, I am having a little trouble financially at the moment. All of my clients went out of, decided to go on vacation in May, so. um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm kind of rebuilding right now, but um, um, it's, the money always comes when I need it, so. Yeah. I don't really, I I, kind of stop worrying about that, but I get caught up in what is sometimes, so. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I just feel like, um, like I said again, that they're really that this move and this change that you're having is, you know, I think your intuition is sharp on on why this is meant to be, 
and and what no, you're. I can't handle the city anymore. I, yeah, I can't. I gotta get. It's, I feel claustrophobic here. Right, and, and that's it. That's like you know, in the in the tarot, we we call that the archetypal of a of a symbol of a hangman. When your priorities yeah. change, when it uh-huh. just doesn't kind of fit anymore, and you just need to you know you need to do the work. But you know, the hangman is usually often associated with the sacrifice, and I think the sacrifice part is that you're right, you may need the backup a little while of a roommate or someone to help you maneuver during the transition. So, But mm-hmm. what I'm hearing is I don't think it's going to be I, – I feel like it's not going to be a repeat of the past. Don't bring that into it um, okay. because you're, you're in a different space now. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So. Thank you. Good. You're welcome. It's a good move. Let, let, let us know how it goes. I will. I will. I'll, I'll call you and let you know. All right, she will. All right, good luck. Thank Have you. a great day. Enjoy the nice weather. Uh, We're not getting that here. It's 109. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. Phoenix. All right, peace. All right, bye-bye. All right, looks like i got another caller, so I'm going to take uh, another call. we got some calls. It's a call-in show, so we'll go with that for now. All right, uh, we got... Hello, welcome to Snake Oil Radio 602. How are you there? How are you doing? Hey, how are you? Good. Suffering Good. the heat. Uh, you're, 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 I'm guessing you're in Phoenix also, too, if you're at a 602. Yes, sir. My apologies. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I, that's one thing I always say to people that don't live in Phoenix, because they'll hear that it's 111 degrees, and they'll say, oh, my God, you must be dying. I'm like, well, we're not leaning out a window drinking an iced tea with a fan. <laughs> We're you know we're in air conditioning. It's you know we we just pay through the nose, but we but we uh, yeah. we we're in air conditioning. I'm not experiencing 111 degrees. You know I always have. To, I think that's I think that that that's a mentality. I think that comes up when you talk to people, especially people like in the South, where sometimes right. like central AC is like a luxury. It's not a luxury in Phoenix. It's an absolute necessity. You know we don't mm-hmm. sit outside when it's 116 degrees out. So anyway, it's 79 degrees in my house. It's just hot outside. Anyway, so what's your name? Uh, Richard. Richard? All right. Yeah. Do you have a question, comment? Tell me what you want uh, to talk about today. Uh, if I could just get a general mini reading, if possible. Sure. All right. Let me see. I think what we'll do is I think I'm going to pull three tarot cards for you. I'll pull one for your past, one for your present, and then for the, one for the near future. So give me a moment to grab out my cards here. And I'm going to do that. Just give me about a minute to pull these. I'll be right back. Like I said, I pulled a couple of tarot for Richard today. I'm going to talk a little bit about what these cards mean, and then we'll take a little input from you. Uh, because, you know, one of the things I always tell people is I, I started calling myself a navigational consultant a long time ago because I, I know the cards very well and I'm very intuitive, but I, I don't like people turning me into a psychic because I think people have too much preconceived ideas of what a psychic is supposed to be. And I always remind everyone, we all create our reality as we go. So the, the cards themselves, too, should really act as triggers for tapping into your own process and understanding kind of where you are in, in that respect. But uh, 
So your past comes up to ten of wands reversed. This usually means what you're just coming out of or what you have been experiencing. Ten of wands usually, you know, wands always have to do with enterprise and activity and things that we have enthusiasm or excitement about. The ten of wands in its reverse position usually would suggest that, that you're coming out of a difficult period. You know, typically the ten of wands can feel like having a certain amount of burden or um, dealing with responsibilities or feeling a certain little bit of a heaviness that you're trying to move through. Um, a lot of times the Ten of Wands reverse can have to do with uh, a feeling of, um, you know, sometimes events or circumstances from the past have resurfaced and we have to deal with them again or we're still dealing with them. But in either case, we do see some movement, although, you know, typically, again, the Ten of Wands can be connected somehow with a certain amount of strain. Um, I'll interject here that I, I've talked a, l a lot about this on the show. I don't know anybody in the last couple of years who hasn't dealt with some type of difficulty. You know, we've talked about some of the astrological conditions that have gone on with Pluto being in Capricorn. So most of us have had to move through some type of difficulty, whether financial, emotional, physical, at some level in the last couple of years. Uh, but the present comes up a lot more positive, Richard. We see the Eight of Stones which usually means, like a lot of times it represents a period of new training. Um, the Eight of Stones can be a prosperity card, but it's usually more about, like sometimes we're working toward a new goal or becoming more confident. A lot of times it can feel like a going back to school card or a study card where you're improving uh, a craft, an ability, um, uh, you know, uh, talents, where you're working on them to improve them. Sometimes it's literally a training card, but it does indicate improving situations around, you know, the structure of money, finances, career, and often even security. So we see a beneficial cycle entering into the picture, even though there may be still some work ahead connected with that as well. And then for the near future, we see the lover's card reversed, which is bringing up the idea that there may be, you know, some things that come up in the next couple of months in relation to relationships themselves. Typically, the lover's card reverse can, can sometimes indicate uh, discord or arguments or a feeling of a lack of balance and harmony within some of the relationships that we have in our life. Um, on the positive side, sometimes we need the discord to kind of clear the air and to begin to kind of work at, at, at fixing or improving things. Um, at other times, uh, sometimes that you know, lover's reverse is just a reminder is that we don't we may not always be completely compatible with all the friends and lovers and people that we have in our life, and sometimes we may need to make changes. Or in some cases, we also may need to just look at the idea that sometimes you can be with someone and not always be exactly on the same page, that you can still find a way to coexist even if you don't necessarily see eye to eye. You know, the other thing the lover's card brings up as an archetype is it usually gets us in touch with where we're making good decisions and where we may be um, sometimes not making ideal decisions in terms of what's right for us. You know, sometimes we compromise with other people in a way that really we lose touch with our own actual, um, you know, needs as a person. And other times we, uh, we, you know, sometimes we can become obstinate as well, too, about the point of view on something. So we do see some, some movement around relationship coming in the near future, uh, but, again, it's kind of more of a repair card. Okay, that said, let me get, get any of your thoughts on any of this. It makes absolute perfect sense, you know. Yeah, what's the, let me ask, what's the training, what's the Eight of Stones uh, for you now? Well, I'm at a point in my life where 
I need to do something different, something right. that I I want to do, and uh, I just it's been it's been brewing, and I just need to step forward and do it. Good. Because and, and and do that anyway. What I'm kind of hearing is, you know, it's funny sometimes when we we go forward and what our intuition is telling us to do to strengthen ourselves. Because sometimes we actually end up weirdly enough getting opposition from the people around us mm-hmm. and making us question our decision. Years ago, about 20 years ago, I moved from New York to Phoenix, and I remember that I had a good. You know, a couple of my friends and family were very supportive, but I actually had a lot of people that were like, "Oh my God, dude, this is a bad decision." You're not going to like it. You're going to wish you hadn't done that. I got a lot of negative kind of feed, and it really pissed me off a little bit until I really kind of stood back and I thought about it. I was like, I think the reason that they're, they're, you know, negative is because, one, they're going to miss me, and they feel that, you know, it's almost like a protectiveness. They don't want me to leave. And the other part is a lot of them were really stuck, and I was sort of showing them up. But it was funny because when I made the move, within within like two years, my parents moved and retired and moved to the Carolinas. My brother moved to L.A. about three years after I moved. My little sister moved to Scottsdale. It was like I was the Pied Piper that led everyone out of the, you know, the <laughs> the dark place. But I got a little <laughs> flack when I did it. So I just bring that up because sometimes, again, you might get people that might not be fully comfortable with the transition that you're going through, and also to be conscious that sometimes we even doubt ourselves along the way. But the key is, you know, be afraid and then do it anyway. Right. So I, I don't think you're going to make a wrong choice as much as I think that this is really, what I'm hearing is it's time to really get in touch with doing something that's fulfilling to you and to kind of leave that Ten of Wands energy behind, which is that, I always think of the Ten of Wands energy as that feeling that, you know, you, you get so used to things kind of sucking that you just assume life is supposed to be that way. And I yeah. completely disagree with that 100%, by the way. In fact, when I wrote my first book, the last line in my book is, if it isn't fun, don't do it. And I think, you know, even when you're working on a, on a project or something, even if it's tiring and exhausting, there's a still an element of fun to it. Um, you know, like if, you, if you're training for new work, it could be a little overwhelming, but, you know, you're excited about where it's going to take you. You know, the right. same thing if you're gardening. You get dirty and you're sweaty, but you're producing a garden. You know, I go to a gym about four times a week, and you better believe sometimes I don't feel like doing it. It's a strain, but I love the results of it. And I actually enjoy working on my body. You know, so I'm not talking about that you have to become lazy and do nothing and only do fun stuff. You're not going to ride a roller coaster for the rest of your life, <laughs> although you might. It depends on what your path is. Anyway, so but th- this is boding well. I, I would say, like I said, it looks like that period of training is coming in. So, so try not to second guess yourself. And and again, recognize any flack you may get from people around you. Just see through it and know that people are always kind of coming from love, even when it's hard to see that. Yeah, okay. I'm definitely getting getting a lot of that at work right now. Yeah. It, I've been getting advice from everybody, and it just, some good, some bad. It, it just, they actually, from what it seems like to me, they want me to do good, but, and uh, they're just going to miss me. Yeah, it is. It's it's kind. Of, you know, I have a I had a client that I saw the other day, and she actually decided she was going to get her real realtor's license. And she looked at me, and you could tell she was nervous. She was like, wanted to see what kind of approval. I said, you know what? I'm like, I think it's a good idea. And she said, wow, I'm getting a lot of flack from people about it. I'm like, I'm like, if you would have come to me three years ago and told me you were getting a realtor's license, I would have told you you're nuts. Now, 
a lot of people dropped out. Now, people coming in with new enthusiasm, new ideas, and new excitement can actually be beneficial. So a lot of things are, you know, cyclical in terms of timing, and a lot of it, the key is to know when you're getting into something at the right time. And I do feel like this training that I see for you is good. I feel like this is going to come up in the next literally couple of weeks. That's, uh, that's about right. Cool. Very good. All right. Well, we appreciate right. the call. Thank you very much. All right, Richard. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. All right. Good deal. So, all right, two good calls. Thank you, uh, thank you, Richard, and always good talking to Cheyenne, especially. You know, it's just great talking to people who are aware of their own intuitive ability, and uh, that's always a good thing. Let me say hello to uh, Phoenix Lighthouse in case this is somebody different than who we're chatting with. Uh, I, I'm not sometimes sure who with the phone call of someone in one of the chat rooms as well, too. So let me say hello to Phoenix Lighthouse. We have a couple of people popping in and out of the chat room here. So great calls. Uh, if anybody, I've still got about another 10 minutes, so I can probably take one more call. Um, if not, uh, we'll, we'll continue on a little bit with what we were talking about with the, uh, the astrology that we're dealing with. So, yeah, guys, Jupiter is pushing its way. June 12th, Jupiter goes into Gemini, too. Again, depending on where Gemini is in your chart, you know, and know something, let me say this across the board because this is really key. You have every sign in your chart somewhere. So it doesn't matter if you're Pisces. You have Gemini somewhere. You have Sagittarius somewhere. It just may not be occupied as heavily with planets the way another person might have that occupied. But it's still somewhere in the chart. It's really important to remember. So, you know, we are a blend of a lot of things. We have rising signs and moon signs. Anyway, we've got a lot of planets pushing into Gemini. So this is a really apropos, good time to learn something new, gather in some new information. Be a little braver in communication and talking. And, you know, Gemini as a sign, you know, if you are a Gemini, you probably know this intuitively already. Anyway, the positive uh, pole of Gemini is I think. Geminis have an opinion and a perspective on everything if you've ever uh, been around them, you'll you'll know that about them. They're very smart. They've got a lot of ideas bobbing around in their head. So they think a lot. Uh, it's an air sign and it's mutable. The negative is I scheme. So Geminis are plotters and planners in their own way. Uh, so I, I've had a few Geminis got insulted when I said, I don't scheme. I said, yes, you do. Uh, you know, I'm a Sagittarius. Our positive is uh, we. Un- I understand. Our negative is I exaggerate. And uh, I got a little uncomfortable when I heard that I exaggerate, but I do exaggerate. Okay, I mean, I'll go to the casino and I'll win 500 bucks, and then the story is 600. We just have to make it a little more interesting. That's pretty typical for writers, by the way. So not exactly a strange thing. A lot of Sagittarius are writers, so or some Gemini's. But this push into Gemini, what it's doing is it's going to really get that. Um, uh, going to really get that energy going for us of, of excitement and enthusiasm and really on the ball with learning new things. You know, Gemini has a duality about it. You know, many people that, you know, you read astrological things and they'll say Geminis are two-faced. No, 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 Geminis are not two-faced. That's, they may be, anybody could be quote-unquote two-faced. Gemini does not necessarily mean that one is two-faced. The duality of Gemini is there's an image in some other cultures where they show an image of a woman with a half-beautiful face and a half-hideous face. And that's the Gemini image, which is that Gemini is able to see the duality in things. 
they see both the dark and the light equally in that way. So they're able to see both sides to things and recognize that that coexists. That's where that natural curiosity comes from for Gemini to look and explore just about everything in every way. But sometimes they've got to be careful. That's where the scheming part comes in, of getting kind of pulled into that, that darker side sometimes and getting too focused on it. But Geminis are typically very mutable signs, so they, they like to juggle and, and, and multitask, and they move from one thing to the next, typical of air signs also. But that's what that duality means, that there is dual sides to all things. You know, I always say you can actually look almost at every sign this way. Like, to me, Gemini is directly opposite Sagittarius. And I get along very, very well with Geminis. In fact, one of my best friends is a Gemini. She's my gambling casino buddy, actually. And we do another show on here called Free Ride Radio when we talk about how to get free casino comps, by the way. Check that out if that's an interest to you. We're really good at it. We get freebies like up the yin-yang. Um, and uh, I always laugh because as a Sagittarius, I always want to get to the heart of things what the deeper meaning is behind everything. And for her as a Gemini, she just likes to talk and just analyze information just for the sake of doing it. And I find that very fascinating because she can multitask even more than I can with so much different insight in, in, into different things. But again, the, the, the Sagittarius part of me always wants to sort of cut right to the heart of things. And, and what does it mean? And what does it connect with? And, you know, so uh, you'll find that almost as a duality with all signs, uh, um, and, uh, you know, you, you can look at that with Taurus and Scorpio opposition. You can look at that with Leo and Aquarius. You can look at that with Virgo and Pisces. So uh, I want to mention a little bit about the Saturn retrograde, but let me comment. Uh, Phoenix Light says, the new path gets me out of working outside. Uh, I'm assuming that was the conversation we just had probably with Richard. And, uh, yeah, if that's – yeah, talk about a dream come true for the summer. If you can get out of working outside in Phoenix – that is absolutely uh, a, a, a right thing <laughs> to do at this point. I, oh, I would have to lose my marbles working outside. If you're not from Phoenix and you listen to the show, Phoenix is an awesome place to live, but really, I, I say June, July, and August just suck. Um, June can kind of go back and forth, I think. I really, well, I'll say it's July, August, and most of September that are just really, really hot, and it's hot at night, too. But, you know, on the other side, Here's what I would say about living in Phoenix. You really do get three, three and a half kind of bad months. On the good side, you get about eight and a half to nine really awesome months. I mean, winters, falls, and most of spring in Phoenix are heaven. I mean, oh God, I love the winter. In fact, sometimes friends will try to get me to go somewhere in, in, the, uh, in the winter, and I'm like, I'm not leaving Phoenix in the winter. It's like 68 degrees during the day and, and 39, 40 degrees at night where you can light a fire. It's heaven. So we pay the piper. For uh, for our summer, but again, air conditioning everywhere, guys. I mean, it's just if you're working outside, really rough. People doing construction, things like that. That's some rough stuff to deal with. Um, so anyway, so yes, best of luck, Phoenix Light, uh, on your your path of getting outside. I really do think it's a it's a good thing. Just know that you know you're going to get questioned from others, and you're going to sometimes even question your own path along the way. But you know, continue to persevere. I find, you know, it, most things in life, perseverance is sort of the ally. It really is a beneficial thing if you're willing to kind of work toward a goal. You'll almost achieve everything you, you set out to. I'm very perseverant, and that has worked very favorably for me. Uh, I want to mention this real quick. We've got about five more minutes. Um, I don't think I'll be able to take any more calls. But um, Saturn has been retrograde for many months now in Libra. 
Saturn represents restriction and limitation, also maturity and wisdom. So it's kind of a difficult planet for us, but as we get older, it becomes a thing that we're good at and we're strong at and we're solid at. So Saturn's been retrograde in Libra for months now, and it goes direct in about three weeks. Hallelujah. Um, and what that's going to do is it's going to, it's going to have all of us really evaluating relationships at some levels, looking at where relationships bog us down or hold us back, or looking at where relationships um, uh, you know need to be fixed, adjusted, and changed. And this is our, not only our personal relationships, you know, our intimate marriages and partnerships, but also just with the people that we're close to, and that could be you know family members and people we work with and friends. So a lot of um, restructuring and refixing and rebooting going on for the last couple of months. But as it goes direct in the next couple of weeks, we should have a lot more solidness and movement around that. For me, it's been in my sixth house, which is my work and service house. Um, so I've been doing a lot of fixing of things, and uh, I'll be happy when it kind of starts to move through because it will push into my marriage partnership house. And as scary as it sounds for the Sagittarius, I kind of got a feeling I might actually get into a long-term partnership in the next couple of months, and I'm actually cool with that. I've been single for a while, and I have no issue with being single. In fact, I like it in a lot of ways. But I do think it's time for some intimacy again, so I think Saturn's going to open that door, and um, I, maybe I'll be, I'll be willing to uh, get rid of the Sagittarian wanderlust for a little while and commit to something. Uh, so it depends where Saturn is in your chart where that's going to necessarily, you know, apply. But we do have that direct motion coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. Okay, looks like we're coming to the end of the show here. Uh, I will be uh, back here again next week with the uh, first show of each month, which is my column. Did a great column for June. If you're not already getting my newsletter, email me at venturasag at yahoo.com, and I will add you to the free newsletter mailing list so you can get my monthly column. I'm a very good writer. The column is really good. It's free. It ain't going to cost you anything. It just comes once a month. A lot of good information. Uh, people who get my column get discounts on sessions. Uh, in fact, you can also friend me on Facebook, Jim Ventura in Phoenix, and you will also get a discount through Facebook, too, if you want to book any personal sessions with me by phone or here in my home office. I do do both. Um, so those are always options as well. Uh, you know, I'm actually, uh, one of the things I'm doing this summer is we're going to record. I've got about 20, 25 classes that I teach. I'm actually starting to record them on audio CD. So I'm going to have some of those available by the end of 2012, and I should have even more by the end of 2013, so you guys will be able to purchase um, the classes and take them at home. And they're going to be really inexpensive, guys. These are, because I can mass produce them, they're not going to cost a lot. I'm thinking they're going to be, you know, 10, 15 bucks top for each class, and they're not going to be expensive. So you'll get information about that um, through my newsletter column another reason to sign up for that and again also I do a lot of posts on Facebook a lot of extras on what's going on okay let's we're at our end here so this is Jim Ventura you know thank you uh, for both of my callers um, great uh, questions and I think we got some good little mini readings here today so always appreciate uh, people smart enough to call on my day when I do do this so uh, <laughs> good good work good timing guys uh, anyway, uh, wishing everybody a happy Thursday, stay cool, and I'll be back here again next week, and we will go from there. This is Jim Ventura with Snake Oil Radio, 
and uh, everybody have a uh, peaceful day. Cheers.